1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, man, I leave town for a few days, and uh, the whole world burns down. Uh, well done, guys. <laughs> well done, everybody. Um, yeah, a great show today. I was joined by my good friend, uh, Remzo Martinez. Always a great time talking to Remzo. We uh, we covered our, our new hero, uh, the, the pink shirt AR-15 guy from Missouri. Uh, we talked about a uh, violent... Super villain patrolling the streets of Chaz. Uh, we talked about uh, Parlor, the new uh, outstanding uh, social media platform. We, we covered a lot of ground. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Remzo, guys, I need to say hi to our sponsors over at the Aetherverse. Ladies and gentlemen, The Aetherverse is a brand new libertarian-leaning sci-fi novel written by two outstanding libertarian authors, Joey DeUrso and Eugene Bryan. I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy The Aetherverse. Uh, The story is more relevant than ever. It makes politics and social satire exciting and fun, mixing ideological debates with stuff like Space battles and violence and action and all that good stuff. It has something for everyone. Political intrigue, war stories, romance, humor. It appeals to conservatives and libertarians alike, or basically anybody who's pro-free speech, anybody who's anti-big government. Uh, And best of all, the Aetherverse is fiercely anti-social justice warrior. Uh, Find out more at theaetherverse.com. That is theaetherverse.com. You can order it right now on Barnes & Noble or Amazon. uh, And I will tweet out the links and include the links in the show notes. And guys, we talk a lot about how the left controls culture, uh, how conservatives, you know, have no place in Hollywood, in, in the music business, uh, in literature, and, and, and all this. And obviously that's true, but you can't complain if you're not willing to put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Support these great libertarian authors. Uh, check them out over at the dot Guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with the great Remzo Martinez. All right guys, we're here with my brother Renzo Martinez Renzo. How you doing?
0: Good, sir. I am contacting you from FEMA camp area 72 in the heart of the resistance outside of the swamp, Washington DC. Now, everything here is fine. People are just getting bored of shit. So, nothing new.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, man. So I, I went out. I went up north to Northern Michigan on a fishing trip, uh, like I do often after the podcast last Wednesday, and I got back, you know, Saturday night. I'm I'm just kind of catching up on what I missed in the world of politics when I was gone. And I mean, dude, I leave town for a few days, and people just burn everything down, man. Like the leftist insanity sweeping the country is escalating even quicker than I thought it would. Like, legitimately, in three weeks, three short week within the month of June, the left has gone from. Cops should be held accountable, which obviously we all agree with. To you, don't have the right to private property. <laughs> like that, they've made that leap in, in three weeks. Your thoughts?
0: I, I was gone for five days. so I think we overlapped vacation time. And my goal during that period, I was, I was doing a road trip around Virginia to see every city in the state. And I saw basically every city except s- South Boston because nobody wants to go to South Boston. Right. And, um, like I, I it was so peaceful so nice it was really like you know back country and I come back and like Chaz is apparently falling apart um, there's a super villain running around and I mean it, it's just gotten to the point where like open violence is now something that people are openly accepting I saw a video last night of these um, of this like Catholic Catholic prayer group that was praying around some monument, and next thing, you know, a Black Lives Matter crowd just came over and, without any reason, just started assaulting those people. And what does Chris Cuomo say? Well, do you expect protests to be peaceful? And it's like, you know, a little bit, slightly. I'm not asking for you to be nice to people. I'm just asking that you don't literally physically attack people for no reason. And um, you know, if there was like, I, I was I was uh, having some drinks with a few friends on Saturday, and we were talking. About where we see ourselves in five years. And I legit told them I don't see myself here. I see myself in like, you know, Saipan, American Samoa, Belize, you know, a small country where people have a natural distrust for each other and they are kind of just like, you know, independent, but it's not third world. They predominantly speak English. And the last time you hear of a riot happening was like in the nineteenth century. So, you know, I'm 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 about ready to leave because people we here's the thing about america i don't think many people especially inside the beltway they understand we are so lucky we have to really make up problems for us to have have problems and then for the problems that are real we have to make it seem like it's the end of the world if we don't get a simple response fast we are the most spo- spoiled nation on earth and we've gotten to the point where this is now considered socially acceptable behavior
1: yeah yeah i mean you're absolutely right man um and I, I, to be honest, I don't really know where this is heading. I don't know how we make it out of this. I think we will. Um, like, I, I, I don't think we'll all have to move to Belize. <laughs> At least I hope not.
0: Or American... I don't want everyone else moving to Belize. I just want to go there, and the rest <laughs> of you are on your own.
1: Look, last night, uh, obviously the, the big, uh, the memes uh, going around the internet right now is is the, last night the communist domestic terrorist terrorist organization, rather, uh, Black Lives Matter, broke into a a private gated community outside of St. Louis to try to steal some stuff from rich people. Uh, and our new hero, um, the, the pink shirt Boomer King uh, and his wife said, uh, nah fam, not, not going to happen. And they guarded their by the way, their baller mansion. By the way, their house looks like a museum. I mean, these guys—it looks like something straight world. out of Miami Vice. Yeah, man. So they, I didn't—they gar- what
0: you were talking about until you were like, "I want to talk about the Boomer King," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I've been awake for like 30 minutes. I'm like, "What the? What happened now? <laughs> Why?"
1: But you agree, this man is the Boomer King. Now, now that you've caught up on the story, but they, him and his wife with a with a, a 380 and an AR-15. Uh, guarded their their mansion you know with firearms, and you absolutely love to see it i mean that dude the, the cops are not going to save you, okay, especially if you live in a major city. The cops are not going to save you i i, I don 't under there's no reason that every single person listening to this podcast is not armed to the gills at this point like I, you need to arm yourself you need to protect your property because no one else is going to do it for you.
0: Dude, my armory has increased so exponentially just the past three months that I'm still... Like, right now, my, my big search is to get uh, an AK-47 just because there's 7.62 ammo everywhere. Oh, yeah. So I don't have to worry about running out of that. So I don't even have the gun yet, and I'm out getting getting the <laughs> ammo for it because the, the price of AKs have just gone up. Oh, but, yeah, like, man. that that's the thing. Like, everyone... Um, I'm not going to name names, but there's some people that were like, man, I'm afraid these people going into the suburbs, going into the middle class communities. And I'm like, why do you think they haven't already? And they're like, why? And I'm like, one, because it has to of looting. They want to go where all the stores are so they can steal stuff. Two, they know that's where the guns are. And I think with this whole thing, like in a way, I'm kind of happy that this happened. In a way, I'm also terrified that they actually had the nerve to try it. But it, it's getting to the point now where – I'm not saying America was ever perfect in terms of how we viewed people who thought of us differently and stuff like that. I'd say that we're better than most of the world where they have, like, fascist military juntas, like, overthrowing governments and coups every other year. But now we're at the point where the left literally doesn't want to live with anybody who's, like, like slightly south of Hugo Chavez.
1: Right. Right. Look, so – the press came out this morning firmly against this boomer couple's right to defend their property. I mean, they they the press f- firmly decided that they are against the right to private property. Generally, headlines were like this one from CBS. Ready for this? this is quote from CBS quote: "White couple points guns at peaceful protesters."
0: What <laughs> type of loaded? That so, here is the thing, though. They broke. Like, this is they were. This is such a loaded headline. Yeah, they
1: were trespassing on private property. That's not peaceful, and you're not if you're. If you're trespassing on private property, you're you're not a protester either. You're a criminal, okay? So and why it's white couple? Who cares? Like why why does everything have to do with race? It's absolutely ridiculous. And but dude, look, here, here's my point.
0: That, that was CBS.
1: Yeah, CBS. Yes. Who was that? CBS. Ugh. Yeah. And but look, man, there's a word for people who don't support private property communists these people are communists and there's been like a there's been infighting within the conservative movement and the libertarian movement for a long time you know with like normal people like us that when we see communism on the left we call it communism and then like the like the Jonah Goldberg types who will like never actually call the left out like
0: no no they they're, they're no, good intention no they're
1: good intention they want what's best for the country they're just a little misguided misguided we have slight differences of opinion they, they, the the anti- the democratic party and the press they, well I repeat, but I repeat myself, but th- their stated position is you do not have the right to defend your property. You should not have private property. The press, their position is this man, the pink shirt guy with the AR, should be murdered, his wife should be raped, and their mansion should be burned down if the rioters so choose. That's what the press wants, okay? That's communist. They are communist. I, I, there's no other word for them other than, than communist, and I'm sick and tired of, you know— Small dick men on the right <laughs> refusing to call out the left when when they behave like this.
0: I, I'm sorry. I just got distracted by a meme. It's of the boomer couple. And, and across it, it says you should have let us grill. Yeah, man. This is <laughs> this is so perfect. They just wanted
1: to grill. Dude, dude, we need to draft this guy. I would vote for this man for president of the United States. I don't know what political affiliation he has. I don't care. I like the I don't I lo- give a shit. I like I don't, the pink I don't shirt. Care. I like the pink shirt. I like the AR-15. I like the bomb ass mansion, and uh, I think he'd make a good president.
0: I, I hope somebody's putting together like a twenty twenty scrapbook. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is just beyond what I ever thought this year would come to, but. I I mean, it's been it's been harder and harder for me to uh, to take all this stuff seriously. Like a few months ago, when coronavirus was literally going to kill off the entire population, I was on a panel for a web series. I don't go on anymore because I'm tired of being the token conservative that just gets called a, uh, you know, a killer and a genocidal maniac and a misogynist, bigot, all the other stuff. And this this one chick who's a Russian immigrant, which was which made it even more fun. Um, she said that she wasn't going to leave her Manhattan apartment until they came out with a with a vaccine Wow! and it's like this is literally I think somebody else uh, coined it it's like this is literally turned into like the church of wokeness you don't wear a mask outside because of whatever medical reasons are behind it you do it as like a form of resistance against Trump and that's the funniest thing about this this like people can say whatever they want but a lot of libertarians are like you know turning their noses at me because I, I've come out and I said, you know, everything in election year is political. Everything is a political decision. Yes. And they can say what, you know, what they want about Trump. I mean, this is beyond Trump. Ultimately, Trump is really the vessel for which we're opposing this insanity. And do I think he's contributed to some of it? Yeah, I'm not going to lie and say he hasn't. I, I, I'm, not, I'm intellectually honest. He has contributed to some of it. But, I mean, you go to any person on the street, and I bet dollars don't donuts each time, regardless of who I'm talking to, Trump is a moderate compared to any normal person on the street, of course, left or right. Yes. Like, like your average American has way more radical views than the president does. And just like, you know, just like six months ago, they're like, oh, we're going to get him on Sharpie Gate. We'll be talking about Sharpie Gate and the hurricanes forever. Oh, Trump got two scoops of ice cream. Oh, we're going to impeach him, despite we have no actual evidence of any impeachable offense, all this stuff like they're going to get him reelected. I, I believe that down to my core. I could be wrong. I mean, this is why I'm prepping for Belize. I think the ship has sailed <laughs> on political sanity. I think, regardless of who's president, and who's elected, um, you know, the choice is clear. But you know, he's. I think he's going to get reelected because you can't go around literally. Really inciting anarchy like this and expect it to work out last time. I mean, 2016's riots and stuff like that, um, it was on Ambien compared to the shit we're seeing now.
1: Well, one, you said irregardless on my show again, so you owe me $5, and if you say it one more time, I'll drive to Arlington and slap you right in your mouth. That's a giant... You take point. <laughs> giant pet peeve of mine. <laughs> Man... Back to the Boomer King real quick. By the way, I totally agree with what you just said. would be his... (laughs) I think the two most... You you were talking about making a a 2020 scrapbook, and the two most iconic images have to be, one, this Boomer King with the AR, and then also the people in Chaz um, trying to farm by putting cardboard on on the ground in a park and then putting like... Was it
0: cardboard or was it like
1: trash no, it was, bags? It was. I'm still confused. It was cardboard. They was. put cardboard on the grass and then they put like a quarter inch of topsoil that they stole on top of the cardboard. And then they didn't put seeds in the ground. They put like lettuce leaves from a salad in the ground, thinking that that would grow in cardboard. So I think those are the two most iconic. Uh, wow. Images. And b- before we get back to real news, uh, you, you alerted me to something uh, disturbing and Hilarious, mostly disturbing. but just strange, just, just all, just bonkers, all over the place, uh, going on in Chaz, and that was uh, a former vigilante superhero named Phoenix Jones, who's this guy I forget his real name, but he was a professional MMA fighter for a while, and. Uh, who he'd put on this suit and he'd go, like, stop crime and shit in Seattle. And he seemed like a cool guy. I actually used to—like, he was never in the UFC. He was in smaller promotions, but I would root for him when he'd fight.
0: He he was an amateur fighter. No, he
1: was a pro. He was a pro. He just wasn't, like, a high-level oh. pro. Um, but apparently, you you alerted me to the fact that he, he went to Chaz. Uh, rest in peace to Chaz, by the way. They were, they were broken up by the cops. But so Phoenix Jones went to Chaz and became a supervillain. Please explain that.
0: Yeah, so there was this thing in the mid 2000s called the real life superhero movement. And it was really kind of like a a cultural response to the events of 9 11. It was people trying, it was just normal everyday people trying to bring awareness to crime and other issues in their community by dressing up in colorful costumes, giving themselves a superhero name, and doing nightly patrols. And a lot of it was actually just homeless outreach. And you had guys like the master legend out in Florida um dark guardian who's a good friend of mine out in new york um you had a uh, phoenix jones in seattle and a whole bunch of other people across the country and across the world There were at one point 1200 so-called registered superheroes according to this one website that used to kind of be the, the home of this movement and and it was you know it was pretty cool it was supposed to bring some creativity to bring a lot of attention to things that a lot of communities didn't want to talk about and it was mainly in you know densely populated cities uh detroit chicago chicago had a guy named shadow hair but that's i mean that it it can keep going on but um anyway phoenix jones was really kind of the top of the food chain in terms of this real life superhero thing because he was actually going out and getting into physical altercations of, of criminals and for the most part from like 2007 to 2012 he was doing a really good job at it he was stopping carjackings he was I mean, he had been shot, stabbed. The guy had like a $10,000 ballistic Batman-type suit that's painted gold and black. And I mean, you you look at a lot of these superheroes, you do realize superhero, a lot of them are you know fat dudes who can't run a mile in less than an hour. And it was really kind of embarrassing. But this guy was freaking jacked. He's like 6'2". And he had been on CNN, Fox, CBS. I mean, he was kind of a local celebrity during that time it was one of those niche cultural moments that really kind of captured my attention as a comic book loving teenager right and then all of a sudden his wife who was another superhero named um uh purple rain vega divorce then his sidekick who was like a mexican luchador parody thought that this guy was going crazy so he left him and then his superhero group the rain city superhero movement i may have gotten that wrong they uh Um, They're like, yeah, I think this dude's stealing from us. He's a total sociopath. He's turning into a little dictator. We're gone. So that goes south. And then one day he's seeing these people in downtown Seattle. He thinks they're getting into a fight. Turned out they were just drunk and dancing and screaming. So he ran down and started pepper spraying them, thinking that he broke up a fight. Next thing you know, the entire crowd starts attacking him. And he's arrested and charged with um, assaulting people with pepper spray. And concealing his identity eventually they dropped the charges because this guy has a lot of local support a lot of online support so the Seattle Police Department didn't want to make a scene of it and then several years later I think in 2016 2017 he is arrested for, in a in a sting operation for selling drugs to people and now he's back but he's basically proclaimed himself a supervillain and he's going around beating up people. So the rain city superhero group had to get back together to track him down and try and stop him. And I don't know what's going on because apparently warlord Ross Simone is back to being a Airbnb super host. The Seattle police department took out some squirt guns and broke up Chaz and took back their precinct, which they should have done like in the dark Knight rises weeks ago, but that's neither here nor there. And, uh, uh Phoenix Jones is yet to be seen, but you know, he truly has lived that Harvey Dent quote. You either live long enough to see yourself become the villain, or you die the hero. I have no Oh I think actually I, I screwed yeah. it up. It's yeah, gonna yeah. bug me if I don't fix it. You either you either die the hero Died, or live long yeah, enough yeah, to yeah. be the villain. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, I. And this
0: is just one of the most 2020 things imaginable. That is
1: extremely, extre- aggressively 2020. It, it truly is. <laughs> and the thing is, I have nothing to add to that story at all. Like, I'm not even going to discuss it. I have nothing to add. I just wanted the audience to hear that story. That's
0: it. Could you imagine what the we didn't start the fire version of just this <laughs> war, of just this year is going to be? You're a singer. Get on that. Dude,
1: murder hornets. What happened to them? Those, like, killer they African got, they got,
0: hornets? They got replaced by the cocaine boars. that's right that's right the
1: cocaine the cocaine hogs
0: yeah that was it
1: and oh uh in florida they're worried about um there's so many people flushing meth down their toilets um that they're they're worried that the alligators will will start changing their behavior become more aggressive because there's so much meth in the water supply
0: so how, how much meth do you have to flush down to change the behavior of animals?
1: I don't know, man, but Florida, they love their meth. And apparently, do they
0: legit have alligators in the sewers? I don't know.
1: I mean, I thought that was BS, but I I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, if it's just getting dumped out into rivers and they have another problem on their hands.
1: I didn't, I didn't dig too deep into it. I, I will say that, but I did read an article over the weekend that they uh some officials in Florida are concerned uh over the
0: rise of meth gators. So if that's what Oh, meth gators, that's such a ring to it. Yeah,
1: man. It's so if that's what August brings or September, meth gator, if we have to deal with meth gators. I mean, I'm terrified of alligators anyway. They're just dinosaurs that want to eat you. So, if they're on meth
0: I, I I'm dead. just mad that we've already ditched the fact that, you know, the government basically confirmed that there are UFOs the other day. Yeah, I mean, nobody's we, talking about yeah. that. All the things I care about are just being dropped for this other shit.
1: The left is doing this too, like jumping from thing to thing. (laughs) No, like it was just a random thought. In the middle of the night, I turned on Hulu. I forget what I was going to watch. I think I was going to watch like, I don't know, reruns of something like River Monsters or something. I can't remember. But uh, they already took down all the Black Lives Matter stuff and replaced it with like gay pride stuff.
0: Oh, that's okay. I have a theory about that. But I mean, they they only
1: cared about the blacks for like three weeks. Like, they moved on to well, LGBTQ because, it just instantly. It's fascinating. Dude,
0: it's, it's all—I'm sorry, it's June 29th. They have to go ahead and pander as heavily as they can for the next 24 hours, or else everyone's going to get mad that they ignored Pride Month, because I didn't know this ah, was Pride Month, okay. and so I actually drove into uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia, and I saw some of the gay flags out, and I know that they only do that when it's Pride Month, so I'm like, wait a second. Everyone just said we don't really care about the gays, so the fact that you know they've got to pander as hard as they've ever pandered before, so that way they don't get cancelled meanwhile they're still doing business with you know larger corporations of Saudi Arabia forget all that it just shows that they don't like their hierarchy has really become solidified during this year
1: right yeah, I think that's totally correct I uh, here's the thing do you think obviously these these corporations these corporations are not leftist, okay? Like they're not like all these CEOs aren't a bunch of like Bernie Sanders supporters. They just fear. I mean, they're they're ultimate capitalists, obviously. They just fear the left. I mean, because if if you piss off the left, the left will boycott you. And Republicans have never boycotted anything ever, because it's just not what conservatives do. It's not what Republicans do. It's not what. Liber- I,
0: I I would take an opposite side of that. I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough Boomer conservatives boycott things, but not in the way that it happens when the left does it. The left commits. Yeah conservatives will give up after, like, a day and a half.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm just saying these companies, it's not that they agree with the left over us. It's that they don't fear us. So, like, I've never boycotted anything in my entire life. I'm not a boycott guy. Like, I'll just kind of do what I want, and I I don't really care the political beliefs of, like, companies that make products that I like. But, like, Mm -hmm. should conservatives and libertarians try to make corporate America fear them the same way the left has? Because, like, it'll never stop. Like, you're going to be just indoctrinated with, like, LGBTQ stuff and Black Lives Matter stuff until, like, these people fear the right enough to knock it off and just do business again. So, like, should we try to make these people fear us the way the left does, or should we just kind of keep doing our thing?
0: I I don't think it's worth it in the end. I mean, the pendulum only swings harsh one way or another, and I'm afraid that it would only cause more problems. I see this happening a lot with the comic book industry. I'm a giant comic book nerd, and you know there are people like at Valiant Entertainment. They're a smaller publisher compared to like Marvel and DC. And Valiant Entertainment has really become like the the church of wokeness within uh, the comic book industry. And you've got their publisher Heather Antos, who hates capitalism, hates Christians, hates whites, hates white men, and she's employing people based off their diversity points and not off their skill but you know i still buy valiant comics because they still they still really put out good stories so i will buy stuff and consume stuff and be a fan of stuff put out by people who are just so diametrically opposed to my existence i'm probably stupid because of that but i will still do it because i have respect for their art and things right, like that. Right. It's like, you know, the same, the same deal with musicians. I will still listen to their songwriters and stuff, not because I agree with their politics or their personal life, but because as a consumer, I want good music. I want good comics. So there's a part of me that's like, yeah, you know, they could spew whatever they want, but at the end of the day, they know that if they put out a subpar story, ultimately i'm not going to buy it and i'm the only person really keeping them alive so it's almost like it's projection they're trying to put out what they think people want to see but when it comes to the actual products amongst the people they're actually going to pull out their credit card and buy something they ultimately know those people matter more than anything else
1: yeah i mean i I definitely think you're right and that's my worldview as well i I just see i I do see both sides to the to the coin though like uh like uh, i forget it was in the mid 2000s but uh the first website that Ben Shapiro launched was called truth revolt and it was like a right-wing alternative to media matters media matters is the the leftist uh, George Soros funded you know communist group that uh, that just basically watched conservative media and then they try to boycott any conservative media that says something they don't like and uh, truth revolt kind of did the same thing they would police leftist media and when they would say something anti-semitic or, or whatever they would they would call for boycotts against these leftist media companies. So it's like I mean, the whole fight fire with fire thing and they ended up shutting it down and, and I I believe Ben Shapiro has said that like he regrets doing that and he believes that it's immoral and stuff. But it's like I, I totally see both sides. Like personally, I don't like that. I think it's gross. But it's like they they do it to us constantly every single day. So it's, and Media Matters is extraordinarily powerful. So it's like, I do see the argument to having a weapon like that on the right as well. Like, I don't know if I support it or not, but like, I get it. Like, I do see both sides.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I worked at Newsbusters as a intern in the summer of 2016 at right. the Media Research Center. And it, it just got to the point where it's like, if you're a cognizant adult and you don't believe that there's inherent bias in a specific agenda being put out by these major news corporations i'll never be able to convince you otherwise yeah i'm not saying that you know mrc should just pack up and not do i think they provide actually a very good public service in what they do because they are able to fix things and stop things and really expose a lot of the stuff that we're still finding out like you know, with the with the Epstein story in 2019, we completely forgot that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Right. But like they were the ones that were really pushing out, hey, like CBS, MSNBC, all these folks, they had the story. They just didn't care.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Before I let you go, uh, one more topic I want to talk about is the new social media platform, uh, Parler, which you and I jumped on board uh parlor like right when it launched two years ago, 2018, 2018. Yeah. yeah it was like November, December, 2018. I, th- I think you actually told me about it and that's why I jumped on, but uh, the, the service really sucked back then, but they've, they've rebooted the product and it's actually pretty cool. It's blown up. Um, I mean, you've, you have a ton of followers on parlor. Uh, basically why should people join parlor and what, what are the benefits?
0: I, I'm, I mean when Parlor started it was really the anti Twitter and the app itself wasn't really good and then after some soul searching and some you know really hard hard, hard decisions that had to be made by Parlor CEO John Mates it went from just being like the anti Twitter to really being the next app on your phone and I I, I really am you know a bit of a Parlor apologist in this way it's it's become really what social media needed to be it's a place where you can freely express yourself where you can just not worry about being uh, you know, pushed down or not being able to see people that you're following because of the actions of the people behind the monitor at the company. And it's just a lot of fun. And it's now, like I, I'm on Parler more often than I am on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I haven't left the, those platforms, but Parler isn't just the place where I go if I need to kind of like you know, get away from the others. Now it's really the app that's driving a lot of the conversations that we're talking about now. And what they've been able to do um, has been really what people have been talking about for years. I used to do a column at RedTea.com, rating and reviewing a lot of these different uh, social media sites. And the, the biggest problem was lack of user engagement and lack of vision. And Parler has that vision down. It's basically make social media social again. And in terms of the people that are on there, they're real people. Things such as, you know, I, I think that the blue check mark equivalent, the verification badge should have been democratized. I think it, it comes down to a privacy issue. It comes down to an identity theft protection issue. I think everyone should be able to have that badge, and Parler did that. On Parler, you can go ahead and um, you know really moderate who you talk to and who you don't talk to, and that's something that the other platforms say you can do, and they allow you to do that. But it's really at the point where you know it's at, it's it's bring it back to the user. It's very user focused. It's make the conversations you want to see what. You do if that. That's your own opinion. But we're going to give you full control of that. We're not going to have any say in that whatsoever. We're not going to go ahead and flag people. We're not going to go ahead and validate what is and what is not wrong. Think. And just in the past, uh, you know, several months since I think going back to January of this year, um, you know, I, I jumped into it a lot. Of pr- Professional colleagues of mine have jumped into it, and now it's no longer just this conservative pipe dream. It's now really the the, the social media revolution manifested into its next stage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a, a couple things first. I think your your parlor handle is just at
0: Remzo, right? I'm the only Remso on the there, Remso. which is freaking I, fantastic. So, so if you ever see at Remso2 pop up, message them and call them a loser. Yeah,
1: and I'm on there at Brady Leonard too. Everybody should follow me. Um, but one thing I noticed, man, I don't have very many followers yet. I haven't used it that much. Still kind of getting my feet wet with Parlour, but the engagement is crazy. Like I, I only have like a couple hundred followers because I haven't used it much. But it's like anytime I posted something, I've like, I'd have to crunch some numbers. I actually maybe I should do that. I should crunch some numbers see like. Yeah, your engagement per how many followers you have or how many people see the posts, you know, with Twitter, Instagram and parlor or something, but it's way up. Like people are fired up on Parler and they're interacting at a much higher rate, at least anecdotally, you know, in my experience than any other social media platform. And also one last point, man, it drives me crazy. And it, it's, it kind of ties back into what I mentioned earlier, like how I, it's it's ridiculous how a lot of conservatives refuse to call the lefts the left Marxists when they're like, hey, we're Marxists who who don't believe you should have private property, and then some conservatives are like, well, they don't really mean that; they're not really Marxists. I, I hate the cynicism in the conservative movement, man. There's so many like mainstream conservatives who are shitting on Parler. I mean, they they've said for years and years, Twitter's a private company; they can do whatever you want, they can kick off whoever you want, which of course, true. I believe that too, you know. But they, they say. You know, build your own Twitter if you don't like Twitter. You know, they, they're a private company. You can do whatever you want. Build your own Twitter. And then somebody does, and then they're like, ha, ah, losers, that'll never take off. Look at all you idiots getting on parlor. It's like, what are you doing? You just told conservatives to make their own Twitter. Conservatives did, and then you're shitting on them. Why? Like, it's, it's insane. It's like this weird Stockholm syndrome, man. It's like a lot of conservatives like being oppressed by the left. <laughs> like, they like being silenced by the left. They like not 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 a, maybe it's the wrong word they like having to play on leftist playing fields they like playing by the democrats rules and i don't understand why
0: i i had to explain to a, a muslim friend of mine in our you know our weekly interfaith dialogue over drinks it's that um yeah knows knows what was funny there yeah, um, yeah. um like you know he asked me why why is christianity broken up into so many different denominations and stuff and you know basically i had to come down to people like to pick and choose it's neither good nor bad nor here or there people like to pick and choose and that ultimately is what led to the protestant reformation and all the other stuff going on it's a lot like that within any political movement it's like why when people are like oh the democrats are so united behind joe biden i'm like yeah that's what they tell you but look what they're telling to each other they're deeply worried and they don't even want him. And they're worried about voters not turning up. If you listen to who people say they are, believe who they are. I think there's a Maya Angelou quote. Yes. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Yes. And it's very much like this. You have this Beltway-itis, so to speak, coming from these people who like to go on CNN as the token conservative. And they like to get into you know these deeply stupid intellectual pissing contests with people on Twitter. And it really just comes down to they want to be seen as socially acceptable. And when Hillary Clinton called half of America deplorable, these are the same people that did not see themselves in the deplorable basket. Even though they were intended to be part of it, they didn't see themselves in it. So they still thought they were socially acceptable. And that's how it's always going to be. You're always going to have these people that will go ahead and you know, state the obvious. We need an actual alternative that's going to benefit people. And then when it's provided, they're like, oh, it'll never work because they can't accept the fact that they're wrong on something or they don't want to be seen as being – Someone who's juxtaposed to what they've even said. They don't want to be hypocrites. Um, you know, the best thing people can do is say, I was wrong or I didn't see that coming and just, you know, ju- just be a force of intellectual honesty instead of what we're getting now from people. Um, I-, I see a lot, I see parlors both, you know, a net positive and a net negative. I, you know, someone who takes the politics out of it, I think this is really what social media should have been. It's what it should have always been. And that's how I think it's going to be. I saw my first couple liberal trolls on parlor welcome welcome this you know you will be treated exactly as anyone else is treated on that platform but I also see it coming down to the point where you're going to have social media for right-wing people and social media for left-wing people um, that is something that you know everyone has kind of realized that's been the criticism of Twitter, which is really now the social platform of Antifa. And when you look at what Project Veritas exposed about Facebook, it's really turned into like the 1984 thought police. There's really no difference between a giant, you know, corporate fascist level action and what you're seeing from state-sponsored entities. They're really one and the same at this point when it comes to their, you know, monopoly of power. So, I mean, people, if this is what you wanted, make your actions match with your what you're saying. Get on Parler.
1: Totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it is funny with the beltway itis That's a good way to put it, you know, that the a lot of these conservatives, you know, they they're constantly craving the approval of the left. They want to be socially acceptable, but like that's obviously futile. <laughs> like everybody like, that'll never work. It's like, you know, a guys like David French, you know, over at the Dispatch, you know, he spends all of his time crapping on the right to try to gain approval from the left or whatever. But I mean, the man's like fiercely pro-life. He's a constitutional lawyer who served in Iraq. You know, like the left will never accept him. They hate him. The left hates David for I
0: mean, Anakin Skywalker was a Jedi knight still still turned into a Sith Lord. And I think that's the thing about just people within the beltway specifically, it's that they think their words have no real tangible impact on people outside of the beltway. And at the end of the day, they all think it's acting. They'll go ahead and, you know, yell at each other on TV, but they're still going to the same bars near Georgetown when the cameras are off. Oh, yeah. Like, they think it doesn't have an impact. They literally think it's a game. But what they've instead done is they've turned it into kind of like, you know, freaking Warhammer, where they think once they log off, everything is fine. But, you know, there's still a lot of fighting going on when you're not there. They all
1: fight on TV, and then they all go smoke crack with Hunter Biden at a strip club. Hey-o! yo, right. Anyway, Anyway. Uh, Renzo, <laughs> where can everybody buy your books, which I highly recommend. Where can everybody find you online, keep in touch, and all that good stuff?
0: Check out both my books. My first one is "Stay Away from the Libertarians," a comedic history of the, libert- of the modern libertarian movement, and my second book, my first novel, "Has Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship." It's probably the most 2020 book you could read right now. So check it out, and uh, you know, just find me at ontherun.fireside.fm to catch my new show, "On the Run Friends. So W Martinez and follow me on Parler at Remso. I mean, it's really become my my number one platform at this point. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, all the other places. But a majority of my attention going to be over at Parlor.
1: Everybody uh, join Parler and follow Remso. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>